This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. He sat across from me in my office. He sat next to his fiancée. Uh, they had come in uh, for pre-marriage counseling. And we talked about the wedding day, of course, but we talked about what marriage is like. And because I knew that he was not a Christian, we had an opportunity to, to uh, talk about the gospel. And I said to him, really the joy of knowing Jesus is the joy of knowing that sins are forgiven. And he said to me, but I'm not a sinner. I said, can you explain that? He said, well, I've never committed adultery and I've never murdered anyone. I'm not a sinner. So in his mind, he kind of moved from the Ten Commandments to the Two Commandments and eight really wonderful suggestions. Now, I could have taken the track and said, you know, Jesus said, whoever hates is already guilty of murder and whoever looks lustfully is already guilty of adultery. But instead, I asked him, so are you perfect? Oh, no, he said, I'm not perfect, but I'm not a sinner. Sin sounds tough, doesn't it? Sin sounds like something I have to confess, I have to face. And that's what we want to talk about today, is not only the truth of sin, but the opportunity, the privilege of being able to face it. We call it confession, or we call it repentance. So what is repentance? Repentance begins with a recognition of sin. It's being able to say, I'm imperfect, which means I am a sinner. 1 John 1, the apostle writes this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We're not fooling anyone else. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. I think much like the young man in my office, we try to candy coat sin so it doesn't look so dangerous or devastating. You know, we rename sin. Um, We make mistakes or we have a few boo-boos here and there. Or we can just say, my bad, and kind of wave it off. Or maybe we can declassify sin. Oh, that used to be a sin, but not in our culture anymore. We've grown up and that's no longer a sin. I've heard some people say, no harm, no foul. And there's anything goes between two consenting adults as long as nobody gets hurt. Sin is not simply about hurting others. Sin, first and foremost... It's about offending God. It's about stepping away from his idea of life. You see, really, it's God's word as opposed to our personal preferences, our personal concepts or opinions of what's right and what's wrong. So confession is the stark reality of being able to say, I am a sinner, period. 
But confession and repentance go a bit farther. It doesn't stop with, I am a sinner, because that would leave us in despair. But there's also a sorrow for sin. And it's not sorry that I got caught. It's sorry that I've stepped away from God's way of living. Sorry that I sinned. Our concept of sin, the word that's used in the Greek, is a word that was used in the archery range among the Greek soldiers. And in the archery range, when they shot toward their target, if they missed, the leader of the range would yell out, Sin. Miss the mark. You missed the mark. This is exactly what sin is. We miss the mark that God has set for us concerning our need to love Him and the people around us. And so the psalmist could say today, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? It's a rhetorical question, is it not? None of us could stand. So it moves us into a sorrow for a broken relationship with God and each other. It's not necessarily that we set out to do these things. It's just that as sinful people, we sin. And Paul wrestled with this. And maybe, maybe you and I can see right where Paul was when he wrote to the Christians in Rome in chapter 7. He said, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Recognition of sin, sorrow for sin, but repentance includes trusting in Christ for forgiveness. This is what the psalmist said. With you there is forgiveness that you may be feared, you may be respected and revered and honored and worshipped and glorified. John put it this way, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, we can confess our sins because Jesus has forgiven them. Jesus did what we couldn't do. Paul says that we wrestle with wanting to do what is good and right, but we're sinful, we can't do it. But Jesus did it. He did what was good and right in our place, in our stead, living that perfect life and then carrying the burden of our guilt to the cross and crucifying it, taking away the shame of sin, and the debt that we had to the Heavenly Father. Jesus' resurrection is proof positive that the Father accepted His sacrifice on our behalf. And so we are forgiven. And Luther would say, where there's forgiveness, there's life and salvation. So there's, there are results of repentance as well. Of course, Repentance 
and faith connect us to the work of Christ, the forgiveness that He won. But now we have this peace of soul. This is what the psalmist was getting at when he said, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His Word I hope. And the Word is forgiven. The sure and certain hope of forgiveness. Whatever sin it was that you confessed today, it is forgiven. Whatever sin that you confess tomorrow and the day after, it is forgiven. In Jesus' ministry, a woman was brought to him by the leaders of the church. She had been caught in the act of adultery. And the leader said to Jesus, what should we do with this one? According to the law of Moses, we should stone her to death. What do you have to say? Yes, according to the law, she deserved to die. And I guess Jesus kind of agreed with them. Sure, you're right. Let's form a line. Whoever has never sinned ever in their life, you get to throw the first stone. And they dropped their stones and they turned and walked away without a word until Jesus and the woman are left alone. And Jesus asked her, has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Scripture reminds us Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Jesus is forgiveness, which means we are now right with God. We're okay with God. You know, Jesus told a parable about a a servant who owed his king an enormous amount of money. Even if he lived multiple lifetimes, he could never, ever pay it back. And the only thing he could do is throw himself at the mercy of the king. And the king canceled his debt. Which means the king took the debt on himself. Your debt and my debt is canceled. Jesus took it on himself on the cross. And and no matter how egregious your sin may be, no matter how often you and I may sin, we are forgiven totally and completely. Without question. And so we're right with the Heavenly Father, which means we are right with each other now. So in that parable that Jesus told about the uh, forgiven servant who had no way of paying back the king but only lived and escaped prison because of the mercy of the king, he left the king's presence and walking down the street, he found a fellow servant who owed him a pittance. Pay me back now. I'll, I'll Give me time, I'll pay you back, was the answer. No, now I don't have that kind of money right now. Off to prison he was sent. When the king heard it, he called the forgiven, stingy servant wicked, wicked, and had him thrown into prison, undeserving of the king's mercy. We are recipients of the king's mercy, recipients of forgiveness so that now we may be dispensers of forgiveness. Forgiving as we have been forgiven. Feeling free enough to pray again 
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, which reminds us that we've got to share the mercy of Jesus Christ because forgiveness is what heals. Forgiveness is the basis of reconciliation, whether that's in your hurting home or your office or your neighborhood. Forgiveness is the key to healing. Grudges will eat away at your heart. Forgiveness will make it swell with joy and peace. And so we are called to demonstrate our repentance. Or Luther put it this way. He talked about the fruits of repentance, what repentance should bring out in our lives. The gift of forgiveness brings a whole new being. You know, this, this word repent really means a 180-degree turn. It's, it's an about-face. It's leaving myself back there. It's, it's, life is no longer about me being the center of the universe. Life is about serving the Lord and loving the people around me. It's, it's about leaving behind my will and praying for God's desire for my life and the life of the people with whom I share it. Now, this doesn't mean that we have a license to sin. You know, Jesus, when he said to the woman caught in adultery, uh, neither do I condemn you, he had one more thing to say to her. He said, go and sin no more. Did he say, now go and be perfect or else? No, no. Go and get out of this lifestyle. Get out of this adulterous behavior. Go and live the new life I've given you. I've redeemed you. I have freed you to live a whole new life. And that's what Jesus gives to us. New life to enjoy with him and new life to enjoy with one another. And we know, we know we're not perfect. And we know we're going to fail and fall again and again and again. But we know that we can return to the foot of the cross because there's no sin that's too big for Jesus to forgive. There's no limitation on how many times we can be forgiven. Well, this, this doesn't mean that we've got a license to do whatever we want and then on Sunday come in and say, hey, God, my bad, load me up with some forgiveness. I got some more sinning to do on Monday. No, it's God's love that keeps us from that selfish attitude. What it means is when we fall, when we sin, we can start over with a heartfelt repentance. We can stand again at the foot of the cross and we can hear Jesus say it, forgive. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive him. Father, forgive her. Hear it again today as if he's saying it only to you, into you, and for you. Because when you hear those words, life is new. And that's because, as the psalmist said today, with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.